Good afternoon, this is Quintus Curtius. Welcome back to the podcast. And in this podcast, we're going to be talking about two different questions I received by email. The first question related to mentorship and how can one go about finding a mentor. And the second question is more career slash life advice by someone who's experiencing a little bit of troubles, concerns, basically. So let's start with the first question. And this was an email I got about three days ago. And the gist of the guy's question, I think he lives in Southeast Asia, and basically what he's saying is, let's see, what does it say here? He says, Quintus, do you think it's still possible for someone to find a mentor? And what are the qualities of a good mentor? All right. Well, this is a common question. And, you know, the the, the first thing that we have to take note of is that the mentor-student relationship is a, a human relationship like any other, whether it's a friendship or a marriage or uh, it's a it, it, it's a type of human relation. And I think we're pretty much all agreed that human relations have experienced some real changes in the past 40 years. And I think most would agree that relationships of all types, not just mentorship, student relationships, but all types, friendships, marriages, employer, employee, whatever, priest, penitent, physician, patient, you know, whatever, whatever relationship human-wise that we're talking about, all of these relationships have been undermined in many ways by technological changes and advancements so that what used to be very structured, very solid, very rigorous, very meaningful relationships, in many ways now, are a lot more transitory, impermanent, and characterized by, sad to say, uh, individualistic opportunism. And this is something that we see across the board, something that we see across the board. And mentorships have not been unaffected by that. In the old days, let's say 100 years ago, it was very common, I think, just from what I've read and heard, that you could find a mentor if you were at a college or you were starting a job or a trade or embarking on some sort of career. Someone would take you aside maybe or or it was their responsibility to educate you, to train you, to pass on the secrets of the guild in in one way of saying it. It was possible for a, a person a person to be initiated into the the guild, the trade guild, or the, the workers guild, or, or whatever, whatever organization or association that we're talking about. Well, all of that's gone now. All of that's gone now. And there's been a great sea change in human relationships. They're a lot more transactional now. They're a lot more temporary now. They're a lot more impermanent. And in general, I think that's a bad thing because it causes us to devalue each other in ways that maybe we didn't in previous eras. But this is the hand of cards that we were dealt. This is the reality. This is the situation as as it exists now. So we can't turn back the clock. We have to deal with the real world the way it is rather than the way we wish it to be. And so, you know, you have to, 
if you're a young person now who's trying to find a mentor, you have to take special steps that maybe you would not have had to take in ages past. And I want to say that the the mentor relationship there are two sides to that coin. There are there's the there's the elder who's imparting the knowledge and then there's the younger who's receiving the knowledge. And each one of those parties in this polarity has responsibilities. And we'll talk a little bit about each one of those parties. From the senior person, his or her responsibility in today's world is to unclench his fist, to not be so miserly in the sharing of knowledge, to be generous, to be outgoing, to be uh, to take the philosophical position that it's your job to really transmit information to the younger generation. And sadly, I have to say that a lot of older people have not taken this responsibility as seriously as they might. You know, I never had a mentor when I was growing up uh, of any kind. I never had one in college. I never had one after college. I never had one as a professional. Uh, never. Never. And most of my peers are in the same situation. I would say most of my peers have never had a formal mentor. Okay. And if you have had one, then, then consider yourself very, very lucky. Because the way relationships have changed now, older people are a lot more cagey. They're a lot more, they're a lot more stingy about sharing their knowledge and information because they see us all as competitors now. And this is really sad. This is really sad. And I and this is something that a lot of the baby boomers will deny vehemently. But I've observed it firsthand. A lot of them really take a very selfish approach to their responsibilities. And in many ways, I think you could argue that they have failed miserably in passing on the knowledge that they were tasked to pass on. And this is just, you know, it's not often not easy to determine whether they were they themselves were a product of the culture or whether they drove the way the culture, uh, they drove the direction in which the culture moved. I mean, on one hand, you could argue that they're uh, stingy and, and, and miserly. But on the other hand, you could probably also just as equally come back and say, well, that's because they have to be that way because that's the way the culture is now. And a lot of the young people don't appreciate it. A lot of the young people are uh, punks and pricks and they don't want to listen and they don't respect authority and, and blah, 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 blah. So there's a, there's a counter argument that can be made both ways. And it really doesn't do any good to go back and forth and to say who's more responsible. You know, because one can easily say that, oh, well, the young people now aren't worthy of mentorship because they don't want to listen. They uh, don't respect authority. They don't listen to anybody. They're, they're uh, selfish millennials and they don't know anything. And then, blah, blah, blah. You've heard all the, you've heard all that. Personally, I think that's bullshit. I think that's bullshit. I think that's bullshit. And I, I know that from my own personal experience. There are a lot of guys and girls out there who are hungry for knowledge, who are sincere, who are honest, who are respectful, and who really do want to have someone point them in the right direction. But there are just so few avenues in which to do that. There are just very, very few avenues in which to do that. And also, there are very, very few people who are willing to unselfishly take on that role. Okay, so 
What I would suggest to everyone, to all parties, the elders and the youngers, I think the elders need to be a little bit more open-handed and a little bit more generous in the sharing of their knowledge. And I think the younger people need to ask. You know, the, the fault I see mostly on the side of the younger people, it's not so much that they are uh, disrespectful and all that other, because that's not true. And, and I think any any good teacher can handle that. Any Any teacher who has stature, who has knowledge of human nature, knows how to deal with students who test them. So that's not even an issue. If you're a wimp and you're a wuss, yeah, people are going to take advantage of you, yes. But if you are a man of stature, if you're a man of respect, then they will key off that. They will key off that. But the big issue that I see really with the young people is they, they're, they're bashful about asking for stuff. They're hesitant they're apologetic, they're bashful. And this is the this is something that I, you know, found when I was growing up and I, I, I wish growing up, I wish if I could go back, I could change some of these things. If you want help, ask. If you have a question, ask. What's the worst that can happen? You know, you'd be surprised. There are so many times I've seen in these documentaries where they have some old guy and he pulls out all these antiques that he had in his his basement or his attic. He had all this cool stuff stored away. And the interviewer, interviewer will say, hey, why did you never share any of this stuff before now? And the guy will look at the camera and say, because nobody ever asked me. No one ever asked me. And this, I think, really is a truism. No one is really asking for... Uh, the knowledge that's out there. Or if they do ask, ask, they don't do it in the right way. So you have to take on the added, and we all do, because anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm also always looking for people that can add to my uh, level of knowledge. You know, every, We're all looking for uh, guides and mentors in, in some ways. But the one thing that I've learned um, is that you almost have to take on the the view that in today's world you're and I'm going to kind of coin a, a new word here as far as I know micro mentors you're not going to have one mentor through your entire life you're going to have a series of micro mentors you're going to have one mentor who's going to be good in this area one mentor who's going to be knowledgeable in this area one who's going to be knowledgeable in some other area no one is going to be able to tell you every single thing People have specializations. People have strong points. People have weak points. And you have to know who to ask for what task. So look upon the new terrain. The new terrain of mentorship is micro-mentors. Don't rely on one person for everything. Send out feelers to different people and see what you see what you get. You know, see what you get. Because at the end of the day. It doesn't cost you anything. The worst that someone can do is to tell you to pack sand. And the worst that someone can do is to not deal with you. And so what? You know, if someone is that much of a douchebag and they don't even want to respond, you know what? Good riddance. You don't need them in your life. Believe me. You don't need it. So those are my thoughts. Those are my thoughts about mentors, the mentor relationship. I think that, that uh, you have to search maybe more now than you used to. They are still out there, but you've got to stay positive. You've got to keep your feelers out, and you have to kind of manage your expectations. Look for micro-mentors rather than the grand sage with the wizened beard and the pipe who's going to save you from all your 
ignorance. Because believe me, everybody out there, even if they're 90 years old, is still trying to figure out how the world works. Nobody has really figured it out. We're all doing the best we can. And you have to kind of do the best you can with the tools that you have. That's the secret. That's the secret. You've got to get in there. You've got to keep fighting. You've got to keep putting one foot in front of the other. Or else you can just roll over and, and, um, and be a jerk-off for the rest of your life. I mean, you know, the, the decision is yours. The decision is yours. All right, so that's mentors. Let's move on now to the second question here about the, the uh, life and career advice. I'll read a little bit about this guy's uh, email. This guy is about 30 years old. He says he's worked in the culinary industry for the past decade. And he says he's got a very high IQ, and uh, that's 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 fine, you know, good for you. And I don't even know I don't what what this thing. Everyone's obsessed with this IQ stuff. I never I never understand that. Everybody talks. I keep hearing IQ this, IQ that. I mean, nations ranked according to IQ. Let me tell you something. IQ doesn't mean jack shit, okay? An IQ and uh, ten bucks will get you a movie ticket, okay? So I'm not impressed with IQs, okay? I'm not impressed. You know, I'm, what I'm impressed is what do you do with that? There's plenty of alcoholic bums on the Bowery with high IQs sipping out of paper bags. So let's just cut that bullshit, right? Anybody who uh, uh, hangs his hat on that is uh, sorely in for disappointment. All right, let me tell you that. So that's the first thing. Um, you know, yeah, if you if you're working your ass off and you you you're limping, you come home limping from injuries you've gotten on the job. Yeah, that that that's going to impress me. IQ, nah, not so much. All right, he says um, he intended, uh, graduated high school, attended university. He says he dropped out for personal reasons, mostly because of choices, lack of guidance, various other things. And now he's in the culinary field and he has some amount of debt. Okay, now he says he's a master cook and he feels like, you know, he has a family he has to support now and he feels like, uh, his income level is not adequate for what he needs. He says he's going to a trade school now to try to increase his income. Good, good work. And he's hoping that he's going to be into a position that he'll be better. Uh, and he also says in here, he says, I've always wondered why someone like me with a very high IQ could have ended up where I am. Um, so... So essentially, he says, I just want to take on enough responsibility and to feel like my life is worthwhile and that the suffering of it is being justified in the short term, the short time that I have on this earth. Am I doing right by my family? Am I performing my duties? All right. Well, a couple of observations. All right. There's good and there's bad here. There's good and there's bad. The good things. The great things. Okay. You know, welcome to the real world, man. Welcome to the real world. Welcome to the real world. Look. Life does never shape out, does never shape up the way we want it to. Okay, it takes twists, it takes turns. You end up in places and and eddies and pools and whirlpools and side currents and places that you never thought you were ever going to end up. Okay, and that's what makes life interesting. And what I like about what you've said is and the things you're in your email here, the good things. You're realistic. You've got a you've got a job. You are 
getting into a trade school to try to increase your income or you're getting follow-on training to increase your good that that says you're practical you're approaching life from a practical perspective okay but you're also tormented a little bit by self-doubt i think a lot of times the responsibilities of life wear on us you know you feel like man all i do is work i've got a wife i've got kids i'm working my ass off you know i uh i thought i had a high iq I, everybody told me i was a genius you know wh why am i not um why ha why have i not invented the new light bulb well look look uh genius uh, uh iqs don't mean jack shit okay being classified as a genius doesn't mean shit Okay. The only one that's ever going to hang his hat on that is is someone who's an uh, who is a delusional fool, or someone who's arrogant and, and is someone who's trying to make themselves feel better than uh, try to make themselves look better than you. And I know you didn't mean you didn't mean it that way, but I think you're you're operating under the delusion that somehow you're entitled to a better life simply because of a score you got on some test doesn't work that doesn't work out that way man that's not what life is all about iq doesn't mean shit okay it's what you do with your life that means something you know what are you doing what are you uh what steps are you taking do you think anyone has a a, a magic road to 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 uh to the road to the riches do you think anyone out there has a magic formula nobody does nobody does and no, you says no. You're not being lazy. You're not trying to escape responsibility. You're just a little bit down. You're just a little bit down. And you know, I've said before, I can always read the the context, the subcontext of these emails. I can just, I can feel the writer through the screen as I read it. And this guy is basically an honest, uh, sincere guy. He's just feeling a little bit beaten down by the world. He's feeling a little bit worn down. And don't we all? Don't we all feel that way? I mean, I, you know, I felt that way this morning. We all feel that way. And sometimes we look and say to ourselves, Jesus, is this what it all ends? Is this, is this what I worked so hard to get? Is, it, is, this, is this where it all ends up? You know, trust me, uh, we're all tormented by self-doubts. I put out a tweet a little, little, little bit earlier today. That said, if you feel tormented by self-doubt, if you feel full of anxiety and, and distress and you feel like you're always working and you, you never have time to sit down, guess what? You're doing it right. You're doing it right. That's the way you're supposed to feel. Do you think that you're entitled to walk around in this life in an eternal shell of bliss where you've somehow achieved a magical state of enlightenment and, and you're somehow immune from the... Uh, pain of the world? No. You're, you're never going to have that. The philosophies that we've talked about here, Stoicism, Epicureanism, Platonism, whatever, these are meant to allow you to live with the pain. These philosophies are not meant to cure you or inoculate you from the pain. You're always going to feel it. It's how you deal with it that matters. It's how you deal with it. And if you find in this job situation that you have that your income level is not sufficient to meet your needs or your requirements, then you've got two options, man. Either you reduce your expenditures or you find other employment in one way or another. I mean, you know, you've, you've got to be practical. You've got to be pragmatic. You've got to look at things from a realistic perspective. And, 
this is what I would say. You know, you, you have to, there's no way to sugarcoat it. You're in a trade school now. You're trying to find the best position that you can based on the tools you have. And if you find out that you're not meeting the requirements that you need to meet, then guess what? You find other employment. It's that simple. It's that simple. But I think what I think what's causing you a little bit of anxiety and depression is that you feel like you're entitled to something. And I don't mean that as a criticism. I don't I don't mean that as you're uh, you know uh, entitled as as in a spoiled brat or something. That's not what I mean. I think that you have you're operating under the misperception, the misconception that a high IQ uh, is somehow a guarantee of future performance. I mean, and it's not just, there are people out there that really think that somehow just because they have an ancestor who's, I knew one guy who uh, always told people that he was related to some president. He was related to some president in the 19th century. Some William uh, Zachary Taylor, some president that nobody cares about. As if that means something. Well, that doesn't impress me. That doesn't impress me. It's What are you doing now that impresses me? And I think all things considered, I think this guy is doing a good job. You're doing a good job. Don't get down about it. Don't don't feel sorry for yourself. Don't allow yourself to feel pity. Do not allow yourself to feel pity. Because when all is said and done, at the end of the day, you know, life is full of enjoyment, it's full of pain, it's full of uh, uh, surprises, it's full of shocks. Uh, extreme highs and extreme lows and everything in between and you have to keep a sense of humor you have to keep a philosophical perspective and more important than anything else you have to keep moving one foot in front of the other keep moving keep moving keep moving do not feel uh, sorry for yourself do not get down so that's it man And, and that's really the best advice that I was ever given and the older I get, the more I realize that it's hard to improve on that. It's hard to improve on that. So you're doing good. You're doing a good job. Get in there. Keep the fight going. Keep keep your ass in gear. And don't listen to anybody else's bullshit. And tune out all these other uh, fuckheads who are talking about how much money they're making and all this bullshit. and All, all that's going to do is demoral. First of all, 90% of it is all bullshit. And, you know, uh, it's just it's just bragging it's just bragging and it's just people trying to make you feel inferior so they can sell you something it's a scam so don't listen all right that will conclude our podcast here for today oh before i forget i should also mention uh if you're interested if anyone's interested you know i I held off on doing this for a while but i got so many uh uh, questions with the new book that came out, the Salas book. I had some people email me about uh, buying prints of the the cover art. So I looked into some of these sites, these art sites where you can uh, market, you can sell merchandise, I guess, on these sites that it, have your logos or photographs or art uh, embossed on it. So I just decided to do that. And um, I put a post up about it yesterday on my blog on qcurtius.com. You can check it out. I also added a tab on my site that says merchandise you can go check out that stuff and I'll tell you what, some of that stuff is pretty cool I actually I just uh, just for the hell of it I ordered one of the t-shirts today just to see what the what it would look like uh, but some of it is just insane they've got all these they've got you can I guess you, you can buy shower curtains shower curtains pillows 
uh, all this stuff. So if you have a, if you're interested and you want to have a good laugh at this stuff, uh, check it out. It's and some of it's pretty cool. Some of it's pretty cool. And who knows? Maybe if if you feel inspired. Um, uh, although I do think that the books are, I think you'll get more out of a, uh, you know, having a book. But you know, uh, you know, if if you if you are so inclined to uh, want to have a coffee mug with uh, Cicero's the cover of on duties on it <laughs> i guarantee it'll be unique nobody will know where the hell you got that from so anyway i will leave it at that and uh, keep the fires burning uh, i'm quintus courteous good night